opportunity to teach and to speak to people. I'm just going to be honest, like, I feel the fear of the Lord about that <laughs> because um, it's a big responsibility, but it's, it's an honor, and I just want you to know that um, I don't take it for granted, and if this can encourage you in any way or if it does edify the body, that's, like, just the greatest joy for me and the greatest privilege, and, and um, I really just pray that I've been praying this a lot lately, that, that the Lord would find me a workman uh, who does not need to be ashamed, that's what the word says, who correctly handles the word of truth. And I just want you to know that I'm not perfect. I've shared a lot about my imperfections, but that is my prayer, is that he would make me one who correctly handles the word of truth. And so that's, uh, that's the heart behind this. So anyway, well, um, as I kind of alluded to earlier, uh, I was working earlier this week for the Built on the Rock class and what we were going to be talking about today. And uh, like we all sometimes get tempted to do, those of you on Facebook, I decided to sort of uh, type my thoughts out loud publicly. And so I'm like, hey, I'm working on my class. It's, you know, it's great. And the things in spiritual warfare, um, how we can find ourselves in spiritual attack and how we overcome it. And then all of a sudden, many of you just started commenting. And within an hour, all of these people are saying, whoa, that's relevant to me, but that's people who weren't in the class. And so I thought, hmm, maybe we should just open the class and we'll have this whole discussion. But uh, after considering with George, we just said, maybe God's on this. Maybe this is something that the body is going through. Because here's the reality. Every single one of you, if you love Jesus and you're going after him, you're going to experience spiritual warfare in your life. And sometimes I would, I would venture to say that if you're really, really passionate for him and you really, really want to be used by him, you might even see more spiritual warfare over your life because the enemy does not like that. He doesn't want you to fulfill your destiny. And so you might, you might feel like that just happens all the time. But um, we're going to talk about some real practical tools because the, the truth is that God, um, he has equipped you to overcome every time. And so that was sort of what my Facebook post was about, and we said, all right, we're going to talk about this this week. So if you are here today and you're saying, yeah, that's me, then prepare your heart now because I, I believe the Lord wants to give you tools. And um, at the end of service, we're also going to have an opportunity to receive ministry and prayer. Um, we're going to talk about this as one of the strategies, but we should not be walking alone as Christians ever, but especially when you're going through spiritual warfare. We'll talk more about that in a minute. So um, I was just pondering uh, the fascination that our society has uh, with the supernatural. Would you all agree if you turn on the TV or you, you listen to the news, there's an absolute fascination for the spirit realm. Um, I think of, you know, things like Hottie, Harry Potter, excuse me, Harry Potter, and this, the latest thing, this Charlie Charlie Challenge. Have you all heard of that? Kids are so hungry, twilight, vampires, looking to all these different things because uh, there is, there's a hunger inside of us. We're made with it to connect supernaturally with God. And see, the enemy knows that, and he'll try to misdirect our passion so that we'll go down the wrong path. And I know right now, I'm going to forewarn you, some of what I say may offend you guys. Maybe some of you like some of those things I just mentioned, and, and I'm not trying to offend anybody. 
but I, I do want to correctly handle the word of truth, and it's something I feel really convicted about, and so that's what I'm here to do, and, and I, I can't compromise it, okay? Okay, so I'm going to have a little parent moment, too, on that note. I'm going to say another thing that probably will shock some of you. But I want to share my heart on it because our children, they're so impressionable. And we have just a small window of time uh, to pour into them and to shape their lives, really, in the grand scheme of their whole life. It's just a short time. And some of you know this. I've shared before. Um, but I'm going to just share it publicly. You know, in our family, we don't, we don't do much Disney. Okay, we do some, there's some, the Pixar movies that is okay. But I want to tell you why. It's not to be super religious and restrictive and, and all of that. It's, it's because of this very subject. See, Disney, there is a, there is a glorification of the supernatural. It's a, a glorification. And I want my kids to be absolutely fascinated with Jesus and all that he is and all that he does, and I don't want them to get those things crossed. And so, you know, there will be a day probably that they can, they can maybe handle, you know, some little fairy tale stuff and, and things like that. But for those of you who have watched us and you're like, man, the Williams, they don't do that, I just want you to know why. I you know, and that's not a judgment to anybody who does Disney, but it's just, I want to protect them because I want them to know the power, the resurrection power of Jesus and be raised in that and walk in it. And, you know, I will share with you, um, there have been a couple times that, that maybe I didn't use my best judgment, I feel, with the Disney, and I'm going to just share. So they'd been very sheltered from it. And one day, I let them watch one of the sequels, I think, to Pocahontas and Mulan. It was, like, on Netflix. And I thought, well, you know, it's not all of the, like, magic stuff. And I didn't, I don't think I'd actually even seen those before. And so I'm like, oh, I think that it'll probably be okay. I'm going to share with you what happened. Um, they watched these movies, and then they went to bed. And my five-year-old, at that time she was five years old, my five-year-old daughter uh, was crying and crying and called me into her room. And she said, Mommy, I'm so, so sad. I need a man who will lay in bed with me just like, just like that. You, you have daddy and, you know, and they have each other in these movies. And I'm like... Oh my goodness. I know this is shocking. And for three nights she cried because she was so lonely. She was so lonely. Lonely. And I'm just sitting here like Jesus help me because it was a conviction that I had and I felt like I understood why. But the Lord is like, there's so much you don't even understand. And there's so much infiltrating and trying to go after our children. And it's not just the outright magic. There's manipulation. My five-year-old daughter doesn't need to be feeling like she needs a man. She's five years old. You know? Okay? But, you know, we have a culture that is going after the outright stuff, too. They're running to the occult, to witchcraft, to white magic, to all these things because they're saying, I want to see the real deal. I want to see the power. I want to see the demonstration of it. And, you know, I feel like in general, this is a generalization, okay, the, the world hasn't been running to the church to find the demonstration of power. And the word says that 
that when we walk with the Spirit of God and in that, that, that it won't be through our persuasive words, but through the demonstration of the power of the Spirit of God. And so I see a little bit of a problem, and I'm not saying this to, to like bring a, a cloak of condemnation over us all and say, oh man, yeah, we're so messed up, but to say, look, church, we're made for this. We're not supposed to be afraid of this stuff, but the truth is if we raised our hand and we were honest, many would be afraid. If you knew that you were face-to-face with a psychic or a witch or something like that, you'd be like, whoa, that's so scary, but you know what? It's really not Because the God that lives inside of you is so much more powerful than the one that they're serving. And they're just a real person like you and me, and they need Jesus and encounter with him. That's all that it is. Church, we can't be afraid of that stuff because that's what the enemy has tried to do is make it look so scary and so crazy that the church doesn't want to have any, just be anywhere near it. We need to be able to be near it in the sense that we need to know our authority and that love conquers it all. And love conquered it all when Jesus went to the cross. And the blood of Jesus will break the power of any witchcraft, curse, or spell, or incantation, or anything that the enemy would try to bring. The blood of Jesus has overcome. And we need to know, church, that authority and not be afraid of these things anymore because it's only going to increase in the world. But guess what? The glory of God is going to increase too. His spirit is being poured out on all flesh. And we need to have the correct mindset as we see these things because you are an ambassador of truth and light to show them the true light. Amen? Amen. Okay. So, y'all okay? Are you hanging in there? Did I say, did I refer to demons and the devil? (laughs) Because, you know, I feel like that's been like taboo. But here, I'm like over that. We're going to have to talk about the spirit world because it's real. You know, the Bible says we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. That's 2 Corinthians 4.18. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. That's Ephesians 6.12. We are in a spiritual atmosphere. Okay? It's, it's more real and more eternal than what you look around you and you see. And the thing is, we can't be naive to that. Sometimes we just want to go, oh, I just want to ignore that and pretend it's not there. And we'll just settle into a little bit of lukewarmness. But the reality is, even in lukewarmness, there's a stronghold of demonic influence on us because we weren't created to be lukewarm. See, Jesus said, I don't want you to be lukewarm. I'd rather you be hot or cold. And because you're lukewarm, I'm about to spit you out. So lukewarmness actually has demonic influence too. We just don't we just don't call it for what it is. We just get a little bit comfortable. Okay? Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. That's 1 Peter 5:8. Now look, I 
I actually, I'm talking a lot about the demonic and that aspect today in spiritual warfare. But I want to preface the rest of this by saying, I really am not someone who's like looking for where the devil is in every corner. I actually don't think that that's the right perspective either. Okay? Because whatever you focus on, you're going to empower. And if you are looking for demons in every single corner, they love that attention. <laughs> you know, they're like, whoa, yeah, they're afraid of this. And then they try to put fear on you, and then you're afraid of everything. And then all of a sudden, their business is so glorified and big in your life that you can't even see straight and see what God is doing, because all you can see is what the devil is doing. Now, we're not called to that either. We are called to fix our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. And Jesus helps us walk through it all. But we do need his Holy Spirit who gives us counsel and discernment so that when the time comes and you do identify the work of the enemy, you partner with him and he says, here are my eyes on it. We're going to walk together through this. Not be naive and I'm going to show you what to do. Okay, so I really feel like that distinction is important because I don't want to be a church that's glorifying the work of the enemy. All right, amen. All right, so we're going to talk about, we're going to start with signs of spiritual attack. How many of you know what spiritual, spiritual attack is like? You've experienced it. Okay, half of you have raised your hands. Half of you either don't want to admit it or you're not sure, which is fine. Um, because that's the point of today is to make sure that we are aware. We need to be aware. And the thing is, so the enemy, he's, he's very crafty. He's been doing this for thousands of years. He knows, um, he, he knows how to do his work well. Jesus knows how to overcome well, too, so I'm not giving him any, any glorification here. However, uh, he... He has sometimes an upper hand until we realize and it can identify his works. And God wants to give you the upper hand so that you can overcome by identifying these things. And sometimes we don't identify until we're way down into the middle of the attack. And suddenly we look and we go, I think I'm under spiritual attack. How did that happen? And you start retracing your steps. And you know what? I'm not, I'm not criticizing anyone. I have been through it many times. And, and I had to learn, like, how did that happen? How did I get over here? But the thing is, he's crafty and he's subtle. And sometimes he'll just do things and it just is these little bit by bit things. And then suddenly you're like, what happened? Okay, so we're talking about these symptoms so that we can start being aware. And maybe you're in a place where all of these symptoms are active right now for you. And then, you know what, we're going to partner with you. We're going to pray and we're going to believe for that to be broken. Or maybe you're just you're identifying one or two of these. Um, and if that's the case, we want to partner with you and pray for you too and say thank you that you're a God that you're showing me right now so I can turn this thing around before it's full blown. Do you know what I'm saying? Okay, so signs of spiritual attack. Uh, number one, if you have your um, notes and you want to take notes, I've, um, on the bulletin I, I put uh, the numbers for each of these points. Signs of spiritual attack is decreased appetite for spiritual things. So maybe you found yourself, that's, that's also kind of like that feeling of lukewarmness. You know, you're kind of like, I used to have so much passion and excitement to worship and to spend time with Jesus and to be in fellowship and to do Bible studies and that kind of thing. And suddenly, I found myself and I'm just, I just feel dull. Like, I'm just really not hungry. 
Okay, that's one of the markers. That's one of the signs. Decreased appetite for spiritual things. Number two, this is a big one. Attack on emotion. Negative attack on your soul. Okay, suddenly you feel feelings of desperation, feeling overwhelmed, hopeless, or depressed, the sudden onset of this thing. If anybody needs a bulletin, if you raise your hand, we'll get it to you. Um, another kind of attack on emotions that is very that is specific, um, and it's um, like a witchcraft attack is the word that you would use. That doesn't mean that you had a witchcraft curse come on you necessarily, but... Um, confusion, intense confusion, um, and fear. Have any of you ever experienced that before? You'd say, yeah. And you know what I mean? Like where you feel like your mind is actually almost like you can't even control it because it's just so bombarding you, this confusion and fear, and you're trying to sort your way through what you should do. I've found those kind of attacks sometimes when I'm trying to discern if I should go this way or that way and what the Lord's will is, and it's just really cloudy. Okay, we have got to get a grip on how to overcome those things so that we can walk in the Lord's will and not let the enemy have that place. Um, Have any of you have ever felt some of those emotions before? Okay, so number two, emotional attack. Number three is physical fatigue. I'm not talking about I drank coffee too late last night and I'm really tired today. I think I'm under spiritual attack. (laughs) I'm talking about you are worn out. This stuff has been going on, and I'm getting really tired. So your spirit, your soul, and your body are all in a balance with one another. You are made of three different parts. You have your spirit, which has interaction with the spirit of God. You have your soul. That's your mind, your emotions, your will, all of those things, and your body, uh, which is pretty self-explanatory. But if one thing is going on with one of those areas, it can affect the balance of all the rest of them. So say you're totally attacked in your emotions and you're stressed out and everything's heavy, you'll, you'll probably begin to see it start to manifest in your body. Like, I'm getting worn out. I'm getting sick because, you know, my immune system's down because of the weary state that I'm in. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, Number four is decreased resources. So sometimes we go through hardships. uh, There might be some kind of crisis, uh, a job loss, some kind of lack attack, okay, that's hitting you. And then the enemy, he takes that opportunity and he wants to get you to get into your mind and your logic on how to handle your affairs, So suddenly you've been living by faith in all these different areas, trusting God, everything's flowing, but then this thing goes wrong and he wants to take advantage of that opportunity to get you to go into making decisions based on what you think is the best thing versus what the Spirit of God shows you, okay? Number five is the temptation to revert to old habits, okay? When you're broken down and you're weak, it's a lot easier uh, to resist. It's, it's not as easy, I should say, to resist the temptations. And those things that you put behind you that you wanted nothing to do with, those start looking more attractive. That should be a big red flag 
for us. If, if the, your old life looks good to you in any way, shape, or form, you need to sound an alarm, get your buddies around you, and be like, help me, because I'm about to go back into bondage, and I've been set free. Why would I do that? Help me. You don't want to go back into bondage. No. Do you guys like slavery? No, I don't. Do you want to be a slave to fear again? No. Do you want to go back there? No. All right? So we don't want to bow to that temptation, any temptation, any slight compromise. And when I said sometimes it happens slowly, that's an area that sometimes it can happen because you just make little slight things, just little, oh, there's just this little thing. It's not that big of a deal. Just this little thing. It's really, it's not like the worst sin ever. But then the second time, it's not as hard to do that. And then the third time, it's really not too hard at all. And then all of a sudden, you're not even thinking about it anymore. And then you're tempted to the, for the next thing, and it all kind of begins to compound. That is how you got to that place, is by little compromises. Okay? And the last one, number six, for signs of spiritual attack, is the desire to withdraw. So suddenly you're just like, uh, I, d- I think I just don't really want to be with my church community. I don't want to be around other believers. It's just uncomfortable. You know, obviously that might be partnered with, you know, decisions that you've been making. But you'd rather be alone or not be near believers, which is exactly where the enemy wants you because he doesn't want you to be held accountable in a community and he doesn't want you to be encouraged with truth. If he can get you by yourself, then you can be deceived by his lies, compromising all day long, and that's exactly where he'd like you instead of making forward advancement towards your destiny. All right? All right. All right. So some of you are saying, help. I'm under attack. (laughs) Everything you just said. What do I do, Sarah? Help me. All right. Here's the thing. This is, you have to hear me on this, okay? I want you to hear all of them, but you have to hear me on this. You have to know that you were designed to overcome, Okay, it doesn't matter what you're going through. Jesus has already conquered it, and he will give you everything you need for a life of godliness. Say that again. Everything you need for a life of godliness. All right? So you have got to determine in your head, whatever your thing is that you're going through right now, you say, I am an overcomer. I am an overcomer. And it's because of Jesus. It is not because... We're superheroes. We are not superheroes, okay? It is because he is the superhero who saved the day for all of us, for all eternity. He is the one, and he will help carry you through. He knows how to get you where you need to go because he began that good work, and he's going to carry it on to the day of completion, which is the day you die because he's always working, over and over. He's, he's so full of love. He's so full of goodness. And he knows what we need. And he's doing it out of love. So this is the thing. If some of these things feel hard, 
or whatever, and I talk about God helping you, make sure you have the right mindset on that too because he's not harsh and he's not trying to be mean and he's not condemning you. He doesn't come from that angle. He says, I love you. I gave my life for you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to carry you. We're going to do this together. So know that it's out of a place of love that he's bringing you out of this attack, okay? Thanks be to God who always leads us to triumph in Christ. Always leads us to triumph in Christ. He says, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Some of? All. All of the power of the enemy. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. That's Romans 16, 20. All right, so number one, if you didn't get that, was know that you have what it takes to win. Okay, get the right perspective. It is possible in Christ. Number two is ask for prayer. Like I said, this is not the time to be a superhero. Now I will say, depending on what you're going through, it may not be a time that it's wise to put it on, the whole, on Facebook for the whole world to know either. Okay, but you need to find brothers and sisters who will commit to praying with you and walking this through with you choose them ask the lord to show you who's going to walk with me and give them specifics okay it's good to give specifics look brother here's the lie that i'm trying to overcome i keep hearing this please pray that i will have the truth instead in the way that i'm thinking please pray that god will make provision and that i won't go into my own thinking about how to handle this but that i will hear from holy spirit what the wisdom of god is would you pray those two things for me and i'm going to keep communicating to you will you will you Um, commit to walking through this with me, okay? We need to be there for each other like this. And if you're not in that place right now, maybe you will be. So let's pray for each other the way we'd want someone to pray for us and let's walk it through because that's the body of Christ and the way that we're supposed to help carry each other's burdens. It doesn't mean we take on heaviness. You don't want it to become so heavy that you get under attack, but we carry each other's burdens in love, knowing that Jesus has the victory, but that he's called us to be as priests before him that's interceding. He's given us that privilege to pray for each other, so let's use it. Okay, number three is uh, increase your prayer time. Okay, if you're, if you're under attack, uh, and that one of those symptoms was that you have less spiritual desire, then you may need to increase your prayer time based on where you were, Right? But I'm not saying this that to be religious, okay? It's not like, okay, I'm going to pray for two hours because after, you know, if I just pray constantly and I'm just praying like this, then it's going to overcome. The point is, the point of prayer period is connection with God, okay? So the problem is when we get under warfare, sometimes it's harder to feel the connection to God and to hear him as clearly because the enemy's bombarding you with everything else and you're trying to get that out of the way so you can actually hear what God's saying. And so when we increase our prayer time, it's not to be religious as if prayer, it's, you know, just praying certain words is going to make it all go away. It's to increase our intimate connection with God, heart to heart, him hearing us, us listening um, to him. Okay, so it's not striving, but it's, it's pressing toward connection. Does that make sense? You understand the difference? Because I don't want anybody just going into their prayer closet, praying all day, trying to think of what to say because prayer might break this. It's, it's connection. It's your personal connection with God. 
Okay, let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Isn't that beautiful? That has been beautiful to me. I have meditated on that when I've been like, God, I need help. I need help because I can't sort through this thing. And I come back to this and I say, in your word, it says that we should come to your throne of grace with confidence. Confidence. Because what? Because you want to give us mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. Wow. He wants to give you mercy and grace to help you in your time of need. That's why it's so important to get reconnected with him so you can receive that mercy and grace, you know? How awesome. Now, I'm going to tell you another thing. We've talked about this at City Light. If you haven't been here in the, you know, more than a couple months, you might not have heard us, but we believe in the gifts of the Spirit. We believe that Holy Spirit is at work in our lives and that he does so many things um, to help us to live the Spirit-filled um, conquer, conquering life is more than a conqueror, okay? And one of the things that is biblical, it happened in Acts and all throughout the early church, is that the Holy Spirit came on people and they, were, they received a prayer language. It was a language they didn't know with their minds, but their spirit knew it and they were able to pray in that way, not knowing with their minds and understanding. But the Bible says that the Holy Spirit he knows what we need to pray when we don't know. And if you have received a prayer language from God, that's an amazing gift. Because if you're like me, sometimes when you're in the middle of that, you don't know what to pray. And you need the Holy Spirit to pray it. And you want to pray powerful prayers that are on target with his heart. But it's like, I don't even know how to think my way through this. And he's like, great, because I don't want you to think your way through it. I want you to engage with me in the spirit so that we can figure out what's happening in the spirit, not in the mind. Okay, so when you pray in the spirit, you're praying for things that your mind doesn't understand, but it is doing powerful things in the spirit realm. And I have a really cool story I'd like to share um, that I wasn't in. I don't think I was necessarily in a place of warfare when this happened, but it's a demonstration of the power of praying in the spirit. And uh, this happened a couple years ago. I was driving on the highway, and I was headed to the hospital to visit a friend who had just been diagnosed with cancer. And I was praying in the car, just praying in the spirit, because, you know, it's a situation you don't exactly know what to pray. And um, I wasn't, like, anywhere thinking with my mind. Do you understand what I mean when I say that? I just, I'm just praying in the spirit, like, knowing that God's doing his thing through me, and I'm giving him that time of driving. I'm by myself. Um, just in prayer. And suddenly, this does not happen to me often. I can't really think of any that was quite so dramatic as this. But it was like Holy Spirit just turned up the volume on my prayer. Like, he didn't do it like take control of me, but my spirit just started like increase the volume of praying in the spirit to the point that I was, I was screaming in my car. I'm screaming my prayer language, screaming. And while I'm still screaming... The car in front of me, I'm in the um, fast lane. The car in front of me swerves over to the slow lane, swerves back in front of me, completely does a 360 and goes into the grassy area to my left right there. The driver is completely fine and I am safe. And I just say, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus, and I'm driving, and I, and I should have actually even been in that other lane based on how close I was to getting off at my exit. 
I should have been over getting ready to get off because I had to get over really fast to make it in time to be getting off for the hospital. Now, I share this because I am confident that though I didn't know what I was praying, that God was doing things in the spirit as I was praying to orchestrate. I don't know how he does it, but I believe he was releasing his angels and getting all the movement just right so that I would not be harmed. And I believe so that person wouldn't be harmed. If you had seen what happened at the speed we were going, I mean, I think I was, you know, obeying the law and doing the speed limit, but I was on the highway, so it was fast regardless. I mean, it was a miracle that no one was hurt and that I was in the place that I was. And I know that God was doing that. And because I was engaged because I was aware of what he was doing in my spirit not with my mind but spiritually engaged uh, he saved me I believe he did okay Uh, number four is um, fast going on a fast can suppress your flesh okay there are times that it's really good um, to just say I'm gonna suppress my flesh I'm gonna turn off the TV or I'm not gonna eat my chocolate or I'm gonna not eat anything for a a period of time and during that consecrated time um, it's not to um, get God's attention by being super religious and hope that he might do something for you it's it's actually to say if I t- turn down um, all this other stuff, then I can turn up my spiritual perception. Because we live in such a, a world that everything is bombarding us. You know, our soul and our attention, we've got things flashing everywhere. And sometimes we need to turn all that down so that we can really engage with God. You partner the fasting with prayer and spending time trying to connect with him. That is a place you're going to get breakthrough. Okay? It's very powerful to come into that place um another one i'm gonna try to just keep moving through these um i have so much i could share but i'm gonna try to respect time but i hope am i doing okay is it all right if i go a little bit longer okay number five is praise and worship okay the devil hates it he hates it when we worship Okay, and this is another thing you can't just say, okay, I'm gonna, I want to defeat the devil, so I'm going to go worship, and you just say, do it religiously, like, I'm just going to do this. It, it actually is like, okay, like, I'm going to engage God with all that I am, give him all that I am, despite how I'm feeling, I'm going to talk to my soul and say, you know, soul, my hope is in the Lord, I'm putting this down, and I'm going to exalt him regardless of what's going on I'm going to lift up your name you you get in your prayer closet you crank up that music and you give him the most amazing praise and you just don't even care you know what it looks like maybe you just dance like David did maybe you're just shouting and you're clapping or whatever the devil hates that he hate he hates praise that comes from our heart because God's getting so much exaltation and his position is getting deflated He's getting, God's getting so much glory that the atmosphere is being filled with hope and it's being filled with his presence, which is where that breakthrough is. That's almost like an accelerated tool for you. <laughs> this just popped in my head. I, my kids, okay, 
I do try, <laughs> try to keep them from things, right? So one of the things is wrong language. We use, we're very selective about what we say. But I do let them use this phrase when talking about the devil. I say, we've got to get our tools. I'm going to teach you a tool to kick the devil's booty. <laughs> so I almost just said that. That's a powerful tool for kicking the devil's booty. <laughs> so if I say that, you'll know it's because it just came in my head because that's what I'm teaching my kids is how to kick the devil's booty. But I say them, you can't ever say that to a friend. You don't say, I'm going to kick your booty. <laughs> Only with the devil. They love it. So praise and worship, great tool. Use it. It's acceler. It, it, that is like a fast track for breakthrough is when, when it comes from your heart and you can just put all that other stuff aside. All right, number six is stand on the word of God. You need his promises. You need to know what the word says because that's where all the promises are contained. Write it down. If you don't have it memorized, write those promises that you need to appropriate, those promises that you need to see manifest in your life, and put them on your bathroom mirror. Put them in your car. Put them everywhere you'll see them. And and cause yourself to meditate on those and put your hope in it. Because that's the word of God. It's unfailing. It's unchanging. That's where you can put your hope And uh, you need to declare it. You need to hear yourself declare, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Satan has been defeated and is under my feet because the God of grace is crushing him. The God of peace is crushing him and he's under my feet. When you declare that, it's like in the spirit, that's got to come into order because you're prophesying. You you might say, well, I'm not very prophetic. I don't get things from God and I I don't really hear him. You want to be prophetic. Open your Bible and speak it out into the atmosphere. You're prophesying. You are all prophetic. Whether you think that you're hearing all kinds of things or not, you are prophetic when you speak the word of God and you stand on it. You pray. That's number six, and I'm kind of doing a combo here with the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is so powerful. And when you say, I have overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of the testimony, you know, there is power in that when you pray that forth and you say, in the name of Jesus, I declare that my whole situation is under the blood of Jesus, that he has covered it, and that his blood breaks the power of this assignment of the enemy. And I am walking under that covering, and there's no greater covering. So pray the blood of Jesus over your life, over your situation. That is the most powerful place because he's the one that's done it through his sacrifice and his resurrection. Amen? Okay, number seven is disempower wrong mindsets. We talked about those emotions that you get, the hopelessness, fear, negativity, despair, victim mentality, all those things you've got. It's a process. You know, you probably can trace some of those things, if it's a pattern in your life, to things from when you were a kid. But you know what? The thing is, we can't blame what happened when we were a kid forever. We need to ask Jesus to come into that place because he came so that we can be healed in that. And that's not to say that it wasn't significant or it wasn't hurtful or it wasn't hard. I'm not diminishing what any anyone went through in that time. But see, the, the good news is that you don't have to continue with that anymore for the rest of the time. And God wants you to help, help you change your thinking the way that you used to see it into the way that he sees it. And the battlefield is so huge hugely in our minds. 
If you, um, if you like to read or if that's you and you're like, there is so much going in my mind, I, I know that it's not right thinking and I need that. A great resource is Battlefield of the Mind by Joyce Myers. Write that book down and get it. It'll be a very great $10 investment for you. And I just want to add, when we go through these hard things, Psalm 23 says that though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. His presence is with us. But have you ever actually thought of this, what this is saying? Though I walk through the valley of the shadow, the shadow's not even the reality of death. Because death has already been overcome. Where is it staying? It's not. It's not your portion. You know, the enemy's just trying to bring a shadow of it and convince you that it's real death, but it's not because Jesus already defeated death. Also from Psalm 23, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So even in the midst of your warfare, you connect to God and he's going to say, here, darling, I've got something amazing for you. And all your enemies are going to be watching The devil and all his demons are watching as your Jesus gives you something so awesome. That's why you need connection, so you can receive the table that he's prepared for you in the presence of your enemies. Obedience is number eight. We have to obey. I remember one time, this was like, oh, 12 more years ago, I was in a place and in a situation I'm not going to go into, but I just wasn't sure. I was deeply uh, into the situation and my emotions were involved, but I started like wondering if it wasn't the will of God. It was one of those things where there's a lot of confusion over my mind. And I'm trying to maneuver through it, but it's got a big hold on my life. And I remember a period of time I wasn't actually very good at praying because, uh, because of all the warfare going on and because of that thing of not having the spiritual appetite. But the one prayer I kept praying is, God, just show me if this situation is second best. I just need you to show me if this is second best. And I remember going to a service one Sunday, and the pastor was preaching probably something to this nature, but it was about how the enemy will try to line up things in our life to bring, keep us from our destiny. And I was like, oh, God, I think you might be speaking. And after the service, I respond to the altar call. I went forward, and, and I just, you know, said, God, just, just give me that deep confirmation. I, you know, I don't want the enemy to have any place. I need you to show me if this is second best of what you have for me. And I'm wrapping up my time, and I, I, uh, our, the pastor's wife actually had prayed for me at the altar, and I'm wrapping up, and I'm walking away, and she, she turns around, she says, Sarah. I said, yes. And she looks me in the eye, and she goes, you don't want to settle for second best. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jesus, I think you're speaking. And here's the thing. A rhema word in the moment can break the power of that stronghold of the enemy. So when you're waiting on a word from God, it can shift everything. That word is so powerful. And it's just as important and powerful as then your response. Because here's the thing, is that, you know, there is all that warfare and obedience is a big next step, you know. 
Because even though you want the will of God, if you like that thing that you were doing, that second best, obedience means you sever it now so it no longer has a stronghold. And a lot of times we're in spiritual warfare because God is saying, I want something else for you. And the devil's saying, but I like you right here. And you need a rhema word from God to break that and so that it doesn't have that stronghold on you. And you have to be consecrated and ready to obey. Number nine, we can't go into this put on the armor of Christ. That's what we talked about in our class today. Do a study on the armor of Christ. Say, what does each weapon or armor, piece of armor represent, and what is it protecting? That's Ephesians 6, 10 through 17, if you want to do a little study on that. And number 10 is stand. Okay, this is a lot of stuff for you to do. But Ephesians says, when you put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you'll be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything, to stand. Okay? So you need to know that you are standing for something so you don't just fall for anything. You are standing in the promise of God. You are standing on what he said. You know that he's going to carry you through and you're doing everything else. Then your job is to stand. Okay? Peter knew that Jesus was the Christ. Remember the conversation that they had? Jesus said on this rock, the revelation that he was the Christ, that he would build his church. And do you know what he said about that? Do you know what the next part was? Anybody? The gates of hell will not prevail against it. You have to stand with that promise that the gates of hell will not prevail against you, that you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. And that includes stomping on your enemy because he has called you an overcomer and his blood is available and all this stuff is available for you to overcome. Number 11 is expect personal growth. This morning, there was the prophetic uh, word or scripture that came forth. He works all things for our good. Okay? So God knows what the enemy has meant for harm, and he knows how to turn all of it for the good and make you even stronger because of what you went through and even wiser because of what you went through. And so you need to expect, as you're going through it, (laughs) James says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So when you go through a trial, when you know that you're going to be able to overcome, because his word already said it, you can say, Woohoo! I'm under a trial. This is spiritual attack. That's amazing, because I'm going to be even more mature. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> okay, maybe that's not what you're going to do. But talk that promise away, because I promise you, if you endure and you persevere, and you, you take those tools to kick the devil's booty, then you are going to become stronger through it. You're going to develop perseverance and character, and you're going to be more mature. All right? I know that it is a late hour, but I did promise that we would um, have a time of prayer. And so I, I really feel like that's important. And we'll just take a few minutes. But if, if you would say, when you went through those symptoms of attack, Sarah, you know, that, that was me. 
And maybe it's all of them, and maybe it's just one of them, but we are here um, to pray for you. We want to surround you. Like I said, this is not the time to try to be a superhero and do it all on your own. The body of Christ is here to surround you and to bring support and encouragement. Okay? So would you stand with me for a moment? We're going we're gonna to pray together, and as we're praying... If that's you and you would like prayer, we have a prayer team that is going to come and just would be happy to pray for you and believe with you for the breakthrough of the attack that you're going through, that that God would come and break through and give you what you need. Okay, so let's pray. And as we're praying and as as Jeff and Christina are are singing, just feel free to come forward and uh, we're going to surround you in prayer. So... God, I thank you for your word, and I thank you for your promises. They are sure, and we stand upon those knowing, God, that you have already provided the victory, and there is nothing that the enemy could bring. There is nothing that he could do that could... That could uh, Deter us from victory, God. I thank you, Lord God, that victory in you is sure. I thank you, Lord God, that your blood was spilled to secure our outcome of overcoming. And so I pray for every person in this place. Come move forward. Move forward to make room for more people. And if the prayer team would come and just surround uh, these people and pray. We just pray, Lord, for breakthrough. I pray for breakthrough words. I pray for encouragement to come. I pray, Lord God, that you would release exactly what is needed for the shifting in the atmosphere over these people, that they would know and that they would have hope that you are good and that you are causing them to overcome for the glory of Jesus. In Jesus' name.